So the success of my wife, Elisheva Banava, Leunishma, Yerachmiel Dani Begedalia, and Bezrat Hashem. Tonight we're going to talk about how to attract better things in our life. Remember, you get what you do in life. In order to have a better life, we need to change some things. Just have an open mind. Don't judge it. We're very modern here, but there's certain things, guys, that I think we can get the edge. I just want you to just think about this. I don't want the faces when I say about Shabbat, and they look like uh, Tisha B'Av over here. Nida, maybe. No, not for me. I don't want you to say not for me, because that doesn't work anymore. You understand? When you say it's not for me, in heaven they also say not for me also. See, when you say it's not for me, when you ask for a, for a prayer of heaven, not for me. That's the problem with the world. We have to have a very open mind. In L.A., I know you guys are very thirsty. I know you're thirsty, but we need, but we need discipline, guys. And you know, if, you know, I'm not here. I don't travel seven hours to talk about BS. We're going to talk about real, real things to get you guys amazing, amazing insights. First, the first thing is Chut Reb Nachman Ben Fegem. Tomorrow also we have a class for singles. And thank God it's the first day of Nissan tomorrow, a huge day for singles. I think in L.A. you had to make a day, Rosh Chodesh Nissan. Anything else, I don't know if it would work. But it's an amazing day tomorrow night also for our singles class, God willing. Singles and relationships. It's very important if you want to track more things in life. I'm going to tell you the spiritual way. I'm going to tell you the way you normal see it. In order to attract more things in life, we have to do it in a blessed state, not a stressed state. It's extremely important. In order for me to attract blessings in my life, I need to feel more blessed and less stressed. A lot of times, what we're trying to do is we're trying to attract things, but we feel, we feel a lot of lack. Anything that we attract in our lives, if it's coming from lack itself, it's not going to work. That's the one thing I want to explain to us, how to get to that better state. I want you to focus tonight on less thinking and more thanking. If we know the difference between thinking and thanking, simple, same letters, what's the difference? Thinking is with an I. I, myself, what am I getting? Thanking is almighty, A. So we can imagine what your life would look like if you did more thinking instead of le and less thinking. I promise you, you would get everything you needed right now. But the problem is we're doing very little thinking and a lot of thinking. And the thinking is getting you nowhere. There's times in life where you see things that are not working out. It's not to go figure it out with your brain and to chase it more. It's time to go into massive gratitude. And this is extremely important because thinking is with your head. Thinking is with your heart. When I feel blessed, when I'm grateful, when I'm thankful, that is the easiest way for me to attract everything in my life. The I focuses on me and what is a, too much of accumulation of thinking about self? Sadness, depression. When we go into thankfulness, we start elevating everything to our, our, our creator. And that's the first thing I want you to think about today. How much thinking and how much thanking am I doing? And that ratio has to change dramatically. Because when you're in a state of abundance and you're in a state of gratitude, already things come to you. Whatever's meant to come to you is going to come to you. Of course, we're going to talk about mazal and et cetera, something else. But remember, without this shift in consciousness, 
people that are grateful, people that are joyful, they get things. They don't even ask for it. But people that are always thinking, why am I not getting this? Why is that person getting that? Why is that? Anytime you're comparing, you're jealous. Envy, not only the Gemara says that if a person does, does not focus on what he has and he focuses on what his neighbor has, not only does he lose what he seeks, but what he has, he loses. So forget the law of attraction. You lose what you have. You lose what you have. And this is extremely important to understand this. We are the chosen people. We're supposed to walk around feeling blessed, believe it or not. I've always said that the, nice, the nicer the hotels I go to, the more miserable the people are. Sometimes the nicer the area codes I go to, the more miserable the people are. How come? How come? It's because joy doesn't equal money all the time. There's got to be something more in life than this, guys. There's got to be something more. Of course, it's nice to have, but if it's, if it's always, I don't have enough. I'm always stressed. I'm always stressed. Then what's the difference if you get 20, 30, 40? You're going to be more things to be stressed about. And this is why the more you want things at a very, at a sad, in a sad place, that itself, wanting, blocks receiving. Extremely important. Just as if a person wanted to be liked by people, imagine somebody calling you up and saying, you know what, nobody invites me to events. Oh, let me go invite you right now. You don't invite people who are needy or people that are very needy. Do you, do you pick up the phone? What do you say? Ugh. Because when people put demands on you, people put demands, people don't, don't, not only do they not get the demands, they run away from them. And this is where I'm going to explain to you. If you don't get this right, your whole life, you're chasing this. Then tomorrow, chasing this. I want that person to like me. And then I want them to track this. And at the end of the day, you are the, co you are the cause of the problem. Because where it's coming from, it's not a good place. This is why our sages tell, tell us that our job is really, really to go into gratitude. And gratitude will get you exactly what is meant to happen for you now. It doesn't mean you're going to be a billionaire tomorrow because that could not be good for your soul's purpose. Gratitude gets you and being blessed gets you into the greatest state of receiving because you're no longer chasing it, you're attracting it. When we do the work in our lives and we do our spiritual work and we become happier, we attract things in our lives. When we're miserable, stressed, and self-centered, all we're attracting is cortisol. You're not getting any kalim. You're not getting any vessels. And I keep on saying, the guys, guys come to me. I need to get married. But right now, and she's not, she doesn't want to go out with me. She doesn't want to go out with me. Why would she, people want what they can't have. They don't want things they could have. <laughs> and when you become desperate, you're showing that I'm not enough. I don't have it. Therefore, I'm desperate. Nobody wants to deal with the desperate salesman. Do we agree? The desperate salesman hasn't sold anything the whole day. He comes up to you. Let me, sir, do you want to try the jacket on? What, what size is it? You, leave me alone. Leave me alone. So you have to understand that sadness brings desperation. And all you're going to attract is lemons. You will not attract anything good in your life. Not only that, but it will, the pain itself is going, to force you, is going to get you into other problems in life. And we need to understand that. This is why if you're really, really the master of finding, even fi having a happy marriage is being happy. 
It's not for, imagine if I'm depending on my spouse to be happy so I can be happy. Imagine if I'm depending on somebody else or something else to happen. So it's very simple. States bring conditions. Conditions don't bring states. This is why the Pusik says, through joy you will go out. It doesn't say when you go out, you will have joy. See the difference? You're forced to have, to force, you're forced to believe, to take a leap of faith. You're forced to think greater than you feel. And then when you do that, that causes an arousal from, above, from below and it causes a miracle from above. I'm going to talk about exactly how to do that today from Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Bredishad. So this is an area of your life you have to ask yourself. What area of my life am I not succeeding in well? And you'll see, and you'll see what's happening. And you'll see there's, a, there's low self-esteem there. There's a, there's, a, there's a demand there. And you're frustrated because you're not getting it because you're chasing it in the wrong way. And, and if you understand this game of consciousness, you can get everything in life. That's good for you. Doesn't mean everything in life you should get. You'll get everything in life that's good for you. This is what we're going to talk about that. And this is why spirituality, the difference today, if you look at the, the crisis today of, of either, either marijuana or porn or, or, or any form of drugs today, is the difference is people are not expanding their consciousness. All people are doing is altering their consciousness. And there's a big difference between altering your consciousness and expanding your consciousness. Let's say, for example, I have anxiety, right? And I feel the reason why I have anxiety is because I'm self-centered. I'm worried about people going to think about me. And I'm worried about what that person is going to say. And maybe I'm going to look stupid. So what happens? I take three, four drinks. The anxiety is gone. I feel, like number, I, feel like, uh, I feel great. I'm social. I'm talking to everybody in the party. And it's like everything's gone. So what happens is you, you altered your consciousness. But after the party's over, you're still feeling the same person who you were. Where expansion of consciousness, you're asking yourself, why do I care so much about people in the room? Why do I care so much about this person? Why do I care what they say? If I love myself, I don't need validation from other people. That expands your consciousness. Through, through prayer and learning, we expand our consciousness. The other ways, all we're doing is putting a pause button on our problems. You're putting a bandage on a bullet wound. <laughs> That's all you're doing. We never get anywhere in life. So what happens? We have to legalize marijuana. We have to legalize what? Drugs, heroin tomorrow? Because everybody is not getting the picture. Everybody wants to run away from pain and not grow. You just want to legalize. Just legalize everything. Just make life so mediocre that people don't have to work on anything. And that's what's happening today. So all you're getting today is a lot of enabling. It's okay. You don't have to do You don't have to work. We'll enable it. We'll make everything kosher for you. But nobody's growing. And guess what? Relationships take a hit. Because if you're not in touch with yourself, how in the world can you be in touch with somebody else? If you don't even know what you want, how can you know what they want? So this is where the deep work really happens. And the, avoiding the pain is what's causing more pain. So any form, this is why it's so important. I'm in the addiction world. Any form of addiction that you're using in order to avoid dealing with yourself is a problem. Because all you're doing is alternating, not expanding. In order, our sages tell us, in order to go through a problem, 
you have to go to a higher level of consciousness and then deal with the problem in that level. You can never fix a problem on the level it is. For example, let's say you have a fear of something. There's no medication that's going to help you without the fear. If you don't start learning to trust, then all you're doing is walking around with fear. But when you raise your consciousness to trust, I look at the same problem completely different. And that's the work today. You look at a relationship with two people are fearful. What, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to say, one, any, anything's going to happen. They're going to put a wall and they say, it's not for me. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of this. It's like saying, I'm afraid of Gavin Newsom coming to Florida, God forbid. <laughs> that will never happen. So these fears end up becoming reality. Do you understand? These fears end up becoming our reality. But remember, guys, half of the problem is not even the problem itself. Half of the problem is how you're approaching the problem. That is, that is the problem. It's not really the problem. Because every problem is a chance for growth. It's how are you approaching this issue? How are you approaching this situation? How am I approaching this soulmate situation? How am I approaching this money situation? How am I approaching this validation issue? That is the problem. If you don't fix it in that, then all you're doing is just, it doesn't matter if it's a new guy, a, new, a desperate salesman, if you have a Chinese customer, American customer, it's the same thing. What's the difference? It's still the desperate salesman that is, is demanding, therefore he's not going to receive. And this is extremely important that when we're stuck in our lives, when we get stuck in any situation, we can't think about it. We have to go into gratitude because gratitude gives you the awareness of why you're going through that situation. You have to pause the mind on the, on the mind and get out of the I and get into the A. Get into the Almighty, creator of the world. What do you want from, my, from me in this situation? There's certain things in life that can give us an edge in life. And there's certain things in life that if we don't do them, unfortunately, we lose our protection. You guys often hear my podcast about astrology and etc. The reason why I talk about it is because very, very few people are above the stars. Technically, we're supposed to be above the zodiac. Above. We're not supposed to be dependent on signs. We're not supposed to be dependent on this. But guess what? The Arizal says, he says, when a person does not work on his soul state, if he's not connected to the Torah, he says, from the time that the Torah was given, this is from the Zohar, good source, I think. The Israelites were withdrawn from the rulers of the stars and constellation. They didn't get affected by them. It had no effect on them. However, if one does not follow, if it's not connected to the Torah, he returns to the stars. He returns to the mazalot of the stars. He gets downgraded. You had, you had Ashkacha Prati, you had divine supervision. No, not for me. Okay, no problem. You were sitting in first class, business class, now you're going to go to coach. You have coach supervision. So what does this mean practically? What does this mean practically? It means that there's certain things that you could do in life to get you a little bit of the edge. And if you don't do these things, it's not that God's forcing you to do it. Mitzvot are, are a favor for you. It's not a burden. But the problem is if you don't decide, because maybe it doesn't match the lifestyle 
whatever 90210 lifestyle, whatever, whatever we got going on here, right? Then we fall under the stars. And that's a problem. Because then you're just as good as any Joe Schmo in the room or, or in, the, in the world. You're no better. That means mazal comes from a very, very high place. But as Jews, we could change it. We can actually make it for the better. And we could change the, we could change the mazalot. A person can change his mazal, where it's not available in many nations. A person can have mazal to be very rich, because it's above nature. But how in the world can I get to a position where I also can get that edge? And you, where do you know this? You know this exactly from where? The Greeks. The Greeks, what did they want to do? Just like the Colosseum we have in LA, they have their own Colosseum. The Greeks wanted to do three things to knock people out. Because he says, listen, there's seven planets. Three of them are not favorable. That means three, three planets can have a very, very negative effect on a person. Okay, and again, my source, this is from the Ari HaKadosh. These are from our sages. He's saying there's four planets, three planets that have a very negative effect. The first one is, this is from the Meorinayim. Saturn, Mars, and the moon. That means these, these three planets have a negative aspect. Saturn represents Shabbat, Saturn. The Greeks purposely told the Jews, listen, I don't care if they learn Torah as long as they have no connection. If they have a connection, then we have a problem. Like I said before, you could be Jewish but not have the Shechina on you. Okay? You can be Jewish, but it doesn't mean you have the divine connected. You're, you're not connected to the divine. It doesn't mean just, just because a person is Jewish. Just like you can go to a Jewish school or a school for Jews. Doesn't mean anything's going on in those schools after that. But what, it, what he's saying here is if there's four, three things that the Greek says, you could do anything, but you can't do these three. Brit Milah, you can't let them keep Shabbat, and they cannot have Rosh Chodesh. These three things. Because what the Greeks feared, that if they had these three things, the Jews would be able to, their mazal would shine for them. Instead, he took, they took him out. So he says, listen, we don't care. If they're not going to keep Shabbat, they're not going to keep the rain. They're never going to change ever. So what's the difference if they learn? What's the difference if they study? They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So in our lives practically, and again, I think I have enough experience with this. I've been doing this for about 23 years. I'm doing it in a very modern way with very modern language. But what's happening is there's certain mitzvot that you could do to change your luck. And I don't think there's a person in this room that doesn't want to optimize their blessing. Do we agree? Because one thing is being, one thing is, you know, the singles think as long as I get married, life is going to be great. <laughs> Wait until marriage comes. That's, that's a whole different, uh, that's round two. Like Creed 1, Creed 2, Creed 3, that's, that's a, there's another sequel. Then the kids, it's just one thing after the other. Without having open communication, without having spirituality in a marriage, it looks like a boxing match. 
It's the battle of the egos. Who's right? Who's wrong? So it doesn't mean because I'm married, that's it. I'm good. I still need the shechina, the divine presence in my house, in my life. So the Greeks wanted to get rid of these three things. What does that practically mean for us? If you look at the, the Christians, the Christians took, they observed Sunday. Because Sunday represents the sun. It's a very lucky day, sun. The sun, they got the energy from the sun. The, 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 the Arabs, they worshipped Friday. Because Friday is connected to Jupiter. And why would, because they didn't want to touch Saturday. Why? Because Saturday is a bad day, mazal-wise. Saturday represents Saturn. Saturn would be a very negative month connected to Capricorns, which leads to sadness and depression. The energy of Capricorn, the energy of Tevet. But the Jew says, what's the difference? We'll take Saturday because we're above the stars. We turn the worst day into the luckiest day. We turn the worst day that the whole week gets blessed because of one day. We're above it. We're not under the stars. But if we don't take advantage of Saturday, then we just become like everybody else. And everybody else gets everybody else. So the reason why our sages told us that Saturday we can, Shabbat is a source of all blessings because we are above the stars in that. And that connects you to faith, etc. That's why the Greek says, you can do whatever you want, just don't keep Shabbat. Do whatever you want. I see them announcing Shabbat here. It looks like they're announcing for uh, funeral services over here. <laughs> it sounds like the Shabbat guy. Uh, it sounds like a, maybe she misunderstood it or maybe the speaker didn't have. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. Shabbat is the source of all blessings. What, what do we not understand? Otherwise, you become just like the Greeks. You, that's it. You have Saturn. That's your day. They used to, Saturday used to be such a bad day, people used to call it Black Sabbath. People would die on that day because the energy was so bad. We were the band Black Sabbath. Where do you think it came from? And the Greek says, if they don't keep Shabbat, don't worry, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to grow. Everything's going to stay the same. See, the, you should know from your enemy exactly what your enemy wants. You should know exactly what your... And don't think Greeks. Greece is today... It's the modern day what we're dealing with, guys, in life. What do you think we're dealing with? <laughs> this is the Greece today. You got the Colosseum here. It's not, no difference. What's the next thing they said? You cannot circumcise them. No Brit Milah. Why? Because if, you, if a person keeps the Brit, he's above, he's, he's connected. And the woman, they couldn't keep Nida. Because again, if you don't have Nida and you don't have Shmirata Brit, you lose family purity. That relationship is going nowhere. Why? Because it's connected to Mars. Mars, the negative aspect of Mars, is anger. Mars is not a good month. It could be channeled for the good, but if it's not, it becomes a negative month. It has a negative effect. We try to channel it. We're taking the same thing and we're living above it. So women, when they keep nida, they, their marriages can do better because they, they're not under the influence of Mars itself. When the man keeps his Brit, his mazal changes. That's why motzi zelavata, mazal. His mazal changes. And what happens when your mazal change? Everything goes in flow. 
Mazal means lenotzek, to flow. You know, how many times do we say things are not flowing? It's the mazalot that's not flowing. We need to open up the mazalot. We don't need to find new jobs. <laughs> we need to find mazalot. We need to do something to reconnect us. And the last one is Rosh Chodesh. They said no Rosh Chodesh. Because Rosh Chodesh represents renewal. What the Greeks wanted you to do is they wanted you to live in a circle. How are you doing? Same thing every day. There was no concept of... The Greeks wanted you to believe what happened in the past is going to happen in the present and you can't do anything about it. What is Rosh Chodesh? The opposite. What does Rosh Chodesh represent? Renewal. Every day I can renew myself. Every day I can renew myself. That is the energy of Rosh Chodesh. Where I could say, God rechanged the world tomorrow, my relationship can get better tomorrow. My marriage can get better tomorrow. My parnas can get better. It's the hope of renewal. They said, no, no Rosh Chodesh, you can't do that. But you could do everything else. You could do everything else but those three. You should learn from those three how they knew how to manipulate the mazalot and they knew nothing's going to flow for them. Therefore, give it to them. They're not going to do it. They're going to become just like the, the Hellenist. And little by little, it's going to be over. And that, guys, is the story of our lives. I hate to make it so blunt today. But there has to be something else here, guys, that you have to think about. You're not letting the flow. Now, you, I understand you could struggle with Shabbat. You could struggle with keeping the bread. If you want openings, you have to sacrifice a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're taking days where it's the, bless, the best day of the week where you have the most chances of blessing and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> no, I want to work. I want to work. I want to be busy on my phone. The whole purpose of life is to be free, not to be a slave. That means if we cannot live one day without the stupid phone in our face, we're not free. We are not free, by the way. Being free means I don't need anything. I am I'm in present. I'm in the moment. And the reason why people eat, they have to take a picture of the food. You can't eat and digest. You can't even eat and that you have somebody has to see approve the picture of the phone. You can't even eat without somebody giving you a like. That's not enough anymore. Tomorrow they're going to do pictures of people in the bathroom. I mean, when they flush, what's next? Guys, we're suffering from a lack of presence. There's no presence anymore, guys. Nobody's in the moment. Nobody's in the moment. There's no moments. Relationships, this one's on the phone, that one. Kids, phone, this one. There's no, we're losing relationships, guys. And this is why we're in such a crisis of relationships. When there's no presence. If you're not present, how could you have a relationship? <laughs> there's no relationship. What are you doing? Busy chasing. What are you doing? I'm busy, busy, busy. What are you busy doing? I don't know. I'm just busy. <laughs> so you wonder why relationships take such a hit today and why we're in the world that we're in today. So you should just that affect itself that you should say, hey, you know what? Maybe let me open minded. You know, if I'm, I'm about to get married, let me consider this Nida thing. Even Andrew Huberman's telling you the odds are better when you keep Nida. There's more excitement in the relationship. Why are we so against? Why do we think we know everything? Why do we think? Because our parents told us? What do they know at the end of the day? They know everything? 
They don't. I always say, Persian mothers sometimes, they throw more red flags than in a soccer game. <laughs> How about this girl? Red flag. I said, you, if you would be in the World Cup, there would be no World Cup anymore. <laughs> Everybody would be out. You can't build families on judgment. Everything's no, no good, no good. Too much judgment. Not even the referees, at least they throw a yellow card. This is red card, red card, no good. We gotta open up, guys, we gotta open up. We're not dinosaurs anymore. You have to understand today, judge less, open up. It's extremely important. I cannot tell you how many marriages I have personally seen, beautiful couples screwed up by parents. Screwed up. And now the girl's 38. First she was 31. So this is real stuff. We're not, guys, we, there's no more blockbuster moments here anymore. There's no more blockbuster tapes. You see blockbuster tapes? Things change. You have to be more open-minded. You have to be more accepting. We're not telling you to go marry a Moroccan tomorrow, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Moroccans. <laughs> but be more open-minded. Too much judgment. I said, if I get it through your parents, that's it, he can make, oh, he's not going to get to the parents. It was easier for me to get to Uban from Moldova than to get you guys approved. So this is the problem, guys. The problem in our lives is when, when ego and kavod become the number one thing that you're pursuing, everything else is going to take a hit. Because we're supposed to be here to give kavod to God, not to give kavod to ourselves. And the more you want kavod for yourself, the more God's going to say, I'm not interested in this person. Because you're here, you are not God, you don't need the kavod. God needs the kavod. But we're running our lives on how am I going to look, how am I going to be, not on what do I need to do, what's best for me, what's best for her. What's best versus how is this going to look for me? And you have to understand, this is going to destroy Anytime that ego is running the, sh the program, ego is edging God out. So you have to understand, just like in marriage, if we're going to go to marriage and be judgmental, and gee, this is not for me, judgmental, judgmental, we have no marriage. Anybody who has any kind of successful marriage will tell you it's one thing. Sacrifice, how much did you change? And if they did that, there's a smile. If they didn't do that, there's resentment. It's sacrifice. Because we understand that the goal in life is to give kavod to God, not to give our kavod. Because the more I seek my kavod, the less it's going to come to me. It's going to run away from me. Validation, the more you need honor, etc., nobody will give it to you. Or say, just tell us, very simple. The one who needs kavod, he will not get kavod. It will run away from him. And one who doesn't run after kavod, all the kavod runs after him. So this should give you, it should give you a little bit of a what in the world am I here in this world for? To give kavod to my creator. To lift the shechina off the ground. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here, and this is why people are so miserable, guys. This is, this is the reason why. Because the ego, there's never enough. There's never enough. Never enough this, never enough this, never enough that. But once you start recognizing you're in a, you're in a soul state, you don't, you don't, you don't chase it. You, you attract it. Even to the point where we're about to celebrate Passover, that the Jews left Passover with great wealth. You know why? 
It was given to them. They didn't ask for it. It was given to them. Everything in life will be given to you if you are in the right state. If you work on yourself, you don't have to do everything else. That's the hardest thing in life, is to work on yourself to get to simcha. That's why simcha is the hardest. Being happy, Rav Nachman said, is the hardest of all devotions. All of them. It's the hardest one. But once you get there, the work is over. Because now things, things just come to you. Relationships with kids get better. Relationships with spouses get better. But a, an unhappy person, and you need to understand something. It's very simple in life. If you do not decide to be happy, nobody or no place or anybody can make you happy. And if you decide to be happy, nobody can make you miserable. It's the bottom line. It's not people. Nobody, if you decide, if I'm making a decision to be happy, nobody can make me sad. But I also, if I don't want to be happy, nobody can make me happy either. It works both ways. And we really need to understand that. But one of our ways to get happy is being connected. Being connected to things in life. Believing will give you happiness. When we get too stuck on, on oh, not for me, I'm not going to change. Not for me. This is not for me. Okay, not for you. Not for me either. Not for anybody. So nobody gets anything. Who wins? The ego. And we need to understand how much it's costing us. We just need to understand how much it's costing us. I want to give you guys a beautiful, beautiful article, or beautiful Torah from Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Berdichev. So we know God has many names. He has, he has a name called Yudke Vavke. That's the most common name that we all go by. And that name represents the numerical value of 26, which re represents the numerical, represents love. In that name itself, God is, he was, the name Havaya, Hovaye, and Ihiye. He was, he is, and he will be. What that name is telling you is God is above time and place. Sometimes we think a miracle has to be in a certain place, in a certain time, if the higher level of consciousness you're in, time doesn't even exist. Time only exists when we're, very, when we're small. That means when you're feeling happy, time flies. Time, you're on a good day, time flies. You're on a bad day, time takes forever. Correct? If you're connected to, 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 to spiritually, time won't bother you. But if not, you're going to think this is going to be forever. So what he's saying here is any salvation that we have is already there. It's already there. That means God gives us all a specific lack. A marriage, financially, etc. He gives us lacks in our lives. But how in the world do I bring that in? That means if something already exists, how do I physically bring it in the, from the future into the potential? And what he's saying here, we wait for our salvations. God exists be, 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 be above time. Rev. Levi Yitzhak Berdichev says, faith. Faith is a channel for all bounty and blessings. When a person has faith, what he does is he draws the, the future into the present moment. So any situation where you're dealing with in life, your job is not to figure it out. Your job is to believe in it. You understand? Your mind is always going to tell you what's wrong. But if you walked around with faith, this is why I always say, don't fake it till you make it. Faith it till you make it. When you faith it till you make it, you believe that you're worthy of receiving that blessing. 
And many of us don't do this because we don't believe that it's going to work. So we'd rather not try. So this is where you see today that so much of a problem we have with faith. Because we're so scared to do it because we fear we're going to be let down. So we don't do it. And he's saying here, he's saying there's a Pesach that says, Master of the world, your promises have already been fulfilled, but they only exist in a realm of potential. It's already promised. The couple meeting together, it's already promised it's going to happen. But they have to believe in it. It's not that you're not getting the opportunities. It's you don't believe in the opportunity. Because if we have not surrendered the fear, if we not surrendered the the, I don't believe, the unworthiness, then what happens? You're going to say, it's not going to come in. And that's the problem today. We're struggling today believing in things. We're struggling to believe in it. We'll believe in fake news. That we'll believe in. But you won't believe in the ability that you could draw something down. This is why I specifically always say, throw parties to celebrate in advance. That is called being bold. When you could say, I believe it's going to happen, I'm going to go buy a wedding dress, and I'm going to act like a bride. Then it comes. What's so, what's so funny here? What's so funny about faith, guys? Why are we so stuck? I can go down the hall, people in the street, and they'll say hallelujah, but you guys, oh, I don't know how it's going to work. You understand the problem, guys? You have to believe. You know, there's a, I can't do, I can only make you believe in yourself, but I cannot create the miracle for you. But when I see the faith, uh, that, yes, you have to believe in the power of faith. I've used it thousands of times. That means when you believe something to happen, why would God not want to give it to you? Think about why would God not want you to be married? Why would God not want you to do it? Because you have a vision of your creator as stingy. You have a vision of your creator as stingy. He's denying me. So you know what? If he's denying me, I don't want to bother him. Believe it or not, just like a little video game, you have a vision that he's stingy. So you know what? I'd rather not do it. This is living in a low consciousness. When you live in a low consciousness, you, start, you think like that. Just like you ask a friend, hey, you need a job? Yes, okay. You want a job? Okay, I have one for you tomorrow. Oh, I don't do that. No, no, I don't do that. But you just said you needed a job. Oh, no, this I don't do. Okay, let me give you another job. What time does it start? I have to pray all of a sudden in the mornings. I don't do that either. I need later. So you, what, do you want a job from 1 to 2 in the afternoon and just do nothing else the whole day? The guy says he wants a job, but he doesn't want a job. Do you understand the problem? He's saying, I want a job. But he doesn't believe he wants a job. He doesn't, he just, he has to say so he doesn't look stupid to everybody. When you say you want to get married, you'll open up your heart. You'll open up your heart. You'll, you'll say, uh, because marriage means to give. When you say you want a better marriage, you'll judge less. You have to, the way it works in heaven is things don't come to you. You have to make a move. And in heaven, they also move. That's the way it works, guys. It doesn't work arousal from on high. It works an arousal from below. Now, Nissan, it does give you that arousal from on high. 
That means next month you do get that you do get things, miracles without you doing anything. But that's only a very short time. Nisan, you do get miracles from on high without any arousal from below that much. But this is where you have to ask yourself, what are you going to what are we going to change? When am I going to take one day to day one? When? When are we going to say, I want to, you know what? I'll pick one from the list. I'll decide to live a life of presence. I'll take, you know what? I'll try Shabbat. Even try Shabbat for four hours, five hours. But don't say it's not for me. Every time I hear the word not for me, I click the phone. Click. Click. Oh, no, no signal. Not for me. This phone call is going nowhere. Oh, I lost battery. Not for me either. Because nothing happens in life without sacrifice or change. And you guys have seen that already. <laughs> You've seen that already. It's not something new that I don't know. But you have to be open-minded that if you want to live above the zodiac, you want to live above, you want the mazal to flow, then you got to do something. You got to do something. Why do you think with the guys that talk about 40-day challenges, 40-day challenges all day long? Because the mazal's not working. I'm working with 10% mazal. What do you want to happen if I'm working with 10% potential? If I'm working with 10% potential, what are the odds of getting, into, getting him converted to, to his wife? But if I get him to 70% potential, then we have a shot. But I'm going to waste my time with 10% potential when I know it's going to 9 out of 10 not work out? This is why I'm stressing so much about this. Because I know it's not going to work out. So what am I going to waste my time? But you have to be open-minded. You have to be open-minded. All of these things are there. It's all there, but you have to really, you have to connect. And this is what, when you have faith, we were created according to Rabbi Natan. He says the whole purpose of existence is for you to have faith. That's the whole purpose of existence. is for you to come into this dark world and think greater than the current circumstances. That's what you were created for. To be able to rise above life. Heavy life, live a light world in a heavy life. This is what faith allows you to do. It allows you to see beyond the current situations and say, you know what, there's got to be a silver lining here. I'm not seeing this right. I'm just going to go into faith. It, it makes you completely lose control of what you think you know and, when you, and the people that are vulnerable and have that relationship with their creator, they are seeing miracles and miracles and miracles because they believed in it. And they, and they recognize that the sea is going to split only when I go cross it. It's not going to split. It's not going to split by itself. Because otherwise, what in the world is the purpose of you being here? What is the purpose if you have no faith? What is the purpose? If you already have no job to do in this world, but to sit there collect rent, and what else do you have to do here? So we get situations in our life that are very dark, problematic situations, where we're forced to be in a higher state, and that's what brings down the blessings in faith. This is why that is the major work today, is believing. It's not even doing, it's believing. It's so hard to get people to believe. And guys, we are in a synagogue here. We're talking about belief. We're not in a jail. We're in a synagogue, and... Uh, no believing. <laughs> Do you understand, guys? This is what happens when we fall from our spirituality. We just get stuck like everybody else. And there's no difference between your mazal. So you don't live above the zodiac. You live just like everybody else. 
And if there's a 60% chance that you're going to get a divorce, there'll be a 60% chance. But if you keep Nida, your chances go way up. Your chances go way up. If you keep Shabbat, your chances of being connected go way up. Do you want what you have to ask yourself? If you're a risk manager, you're about to get into relationships. You see what's going on out there. It's not like I'm telling you from you guys see it. How many how many YouTube videos are on? You can't just be a Kabbalist and connect to the light without doing anything. Do you understand that very clearly? It's not just about connecting to the light. You need the vessel to create to the light. That means you need to create something. Connect to the light. Okay, maybe they forgot to pay the, the bill. There's no more light? You can't just connect to light without physically sacrificing and creating vessels. I hear too much about light, 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 light. I said, what light? <laughs> you need sacrifice. You need vessels. Is that the way it works? And this is where you guys need to understand. You have the ability to be above the stars. The moon is all about renewal. But when we don't believe in renewal, then what happens? You're going to get the same odds as everybody else. And this is the map of consciousness that I wanted to show you. If you look at the map of consciousness, basically, if everybody sees that, take a, give a second so everybody can see it. You should also know that your level of consciousness is also your level of energy. Do you understand? Your level of consciousness is also your level of energy. That means your physical weakness. That means your body. The energy level you have is also based... Let me ask you guys, when's the last time you were living in fear? How much energy did you have those days? What happens to your body when you're living in fear? How about 50% less energy? Is that correct? Say, people, the studies are showing when a person's living in fear... He lives with 50% muscle weakness. Why? It's thinking. Thinking, you would have 100% energy. Thinking, 50% energy. So what happens in life is we go through events in our lives, and whatever happens to our lives, if we don't have faith, we end up getting stuck in a certain level of energy. And that energy basically view, is the way we view the world. Okay? Let's say you had a bad business deal with somebody. You got angry. You didn't have any munah. You said, you know what? God, I can't stand God. He made me lose this money on this deal. I'm angry. So what happens? Your level of energy is, you can see here, your level of energy is 150. Right? Now let me ask you a question. We don't have to be a genius to figure this out. But if I'm holding on to anger... How easy am I going to get upset over every little thing? Right? I could be in Starbucks. The guy could bring the wrong, he could put oat milk instead of coconut milk. And I'm going to go scream at him. I'm going to scream at the guy because he put the oak, oak, coconut milk instead of the oat milk. Because I'm such a vegan, right? <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Did that guy, what did the guy do to get... It's not that he was that the guy did anything wrong to get angry. Is he triggered already what he had inside? This guy's got five years of anger. All he had to do is a little mistake, and boom, 
He became an outlet. When we say people stress me out, right? We often say that a lot. My husband stresses me out. My wife stresses me out. I'm always stressed out by these people. They're not stressing you out. You have stress, and they're just creating the opening so the stress can go out. You understand? They're opening the door. It's got nothing to do with them. So whatever happens in our life, if we don't have the right consciousness, then we're triggered all day long by people. And we say, That's who, he's the fault. He's the, he's the one that got me. He's the one that made me angry. <laughs> How could you be angry if you don't have anger inside of you? It's impossible. That means it's not possible. It's like me telling you, you know what? This guy gave me blue eyes today. What would you say if somebody told you, I can't believe what happened to me at the store? I got a blue eye. How could somebody change your eye colors? How could somebody go in your face and change your eye color? It's not possible. But you say, oh, somebody got me angry at the store? I can't believe that. You're right. How did, what did he do to get you? It's almost as the same ridiculous thing as saying that. It's just as ridiculous as saying that I was angered by that person. The bottom line is what we're holding in life becomes manifested to the world and we say they're the ones that got me angry. Until you elevate your consciousness, that's your life. You view the world as anger. Now, what is your view of your creator when you have anger? Vengeful. What is your emotion? Hate. What is your process? Aggression. So living in the past, the problem with living in the past, or, or let's just take the, the most common one, the majority of people, let's say you had a bad breakup, which is pretty common. I think the LA relationship, zero to 60 in what? Six seconds, what is it? What's <laughs> hot, hot fat, hot starts have cold ends, guys. The hottest starts have the coldest ends. Remember that. You wanna develop a relationship, it's not a race. Because whatever starts fast, there's no vessel. It ends up very fast. So remember that, it's, it's to be a process. So for example, let's say we had fear in a previous relationship and we didn't work through it, okay? Now what happens if you show up to another relationship with fear, right? What are you gonna think? Are you gonna trust the person or not? You're gonna fear what? Abandonment. You're gonna fear rejection. You're gonna fear withdrawal. So what are you going to do to make up for it? You're going to ask him, where have you been? Who are you talking to? Who are you speaking to? You're going to be CSI Miami. And you're going to all of a sudden drive the person so crazy, they're going to say, I can't deal with this. So you actually manifested exactly what happened. You understand? So if you don't show up with trust in a relationship, what is the person who trusts? When I have trust in a relationship, what do I do? What's the first thing I do? What's the first thing I do? I create space. I don't need to, I trust you, I, I'm giving you space. I don't need to know what, who you are, who you're talking to, where you're talking to. <laughs> it's not my business. You wanna cheat? It's your problem. I'll move on, because I know who I am. But if I have no trust, and I'm walking in with fear, my whole life will be a panic attack. You didn't get my text message? You didn't call me back in 10 minutes? Well, God forbid your battery can die and it's the end of the world? Or anything could happen? You could lose signal? You didn't answer back in 10 minutes? That's it? Cut? You're cheating on somebody? <laughs> that's what it looks like. Or codependency. So it's extremely important on a conscious level that if we don't work on fixing and, and really working spiritually 
to higher our consciousness, then what happens? Our relationships end up manifesting the exact same thing. And when you look at fear, the first thing people do when they have fear is they view life as frightening. They have anxiety, correct? And what's the process? They withdraw. What do they say? Not for me. I can't trust you. Not for me. Do you understand the problem? It's not the, rela- it's not the person. It's the, the consciousness of the relationship. If two people are walking in with trust, there's a good chance that that relationship is going to work out. But if one is going in there with fear, or one is going in there with, let's say, grief or guilt, there's no way it could work out. Let's say you go into a relationship with guilt. Then you're going to say, it's my fault. Everything's your fault. My fault that I did this to you. My fault that... (laughs) There's no self. So you always apologize for no reason. And where does this come from? It comes from life gives you events. And if those events do not get processed and elevated through wisdom, that is who you become. So attracting things in fear, you're not going to get it. Or let's say, for example, your your level of consciousness is pride. Okay? If you show up... I'm going to give you a two-second example so you guys can understand this. Let's say somebody got into a car accident tomorrow. Okay? A person with shame is going to say, you know what? Life is horrible anyway. They'll leave the car on the road. A person with guilt is going to say, I got into an accident because I did something wrong. God's punishing me. Automatically. He'll say that. Let's say the guy's living with apathy. Who cares about life? I don't need a car. I don't need a job. I don't need anything. His apathy, I don't need anything. Who cares? Nothing's mean as anything anyway. Let's say you're living with grief. What are you going to say? Life is a big accident. Let's say you're living with fear. What are you going to say? Oh my God, my insurance is going to go up. <laughs> my insurance is going to go up. I'm going to get canceled. I'm not going to have a car. I'm going to have to move out. Blah, 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 blah. How about if you're living with desire? What are you going to say? I'm going to sue this guy for 200 grand. <laughs> I'm going to sue this guy. Because you're, you're, the way you think about it is, this is a chance to make money. Right? They do this in Miami. I don't know if they do this in L.A. Oof. Miami, they milk the cow until the, the cow's dead already. Let's say you're living with courage. You're going to say, it's only an accident. Life will move on. You're living with neutral and trust. You're going to say, everything's for the best. It could have been worse. Reason, joy. The bottom line is you'll view the same accident completely different. But it's not the accident that makes the difference. (laughs) It's how you view the world that makes the difference. Accidents come. Relationships come. How come one guy is resilient and another guy has just given up on life? What's the difference? It's his consciousness. And we have to grow our consciousness through prayer and study. And the way we do this is by letting go. The more you let let go. Letting go is surrendering with wisdom. Recognizing everything's for the best. Quitting is surrendering without wisdom. You see the difference? Quitting means I'm surrendering without wisdom. When you say, I'm sick of dating, I'm sick of this, you're basically saying, I quit. 
You're quitting with no wisdom. Letting go means there's a bigger picture that I don't understand, and I have to let it go. I have to close the door for another one to open. That is the difference. This is how you get to raise. So if you live with trust, what happens? Your relationships go well. In business, if you live with trust, you can take chances in business. You're not afraid to lose all the time. If you have trust, you, you, everything's a relief. You don't, you're not afraid. You're, trust means I'm challenged. Fear means I'm threatened. And the difference is you'll have tremendous success in every area of your life where you have trust. In every area of your life where you have fear, you won't see success because you'll be too busy withdrawing. And, but this is not without spirituality. What, a psychiatrist is going to diagnose you with this? You, you need to do the work. So the more spiritual we have, the more connected we are, the higher the consciousness we, we go to, the better our lives become. Because we view life not on life's lens, we view life on my lens, which is priceless. Because I can decide what life looks like based on Amuna versus life on life itself. And this is where without raising your consciousness, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Because this is exactly why our Creator puts us through so many tests over and over. Why does he do this to us? He's picking on you to give you attention to say, don't you see the same problem over and over again? Don't you see the pattern over and over again? Over and over again? Don't you see that when you're telling me this relationship is, is toxic, that relationship is toxic, this one's toxic, can everything be toxic? Or maybe you're just taking things way too damn personal. And this is a problem. Because if we don't change on a conscious level, and consciousness in Hebrew is called dot. And our sages tell us something very simple. If you have dot, you have everything. You have perspective. If you don't have dot, you don't have anything. And your level of handling a challenge, well or not, is how, what consciousness you're living in. Now, what people do today, they want to skip the process. You know what they want to do? They want to take drugs. So what does drugs do? All of a sudden, I go from a 40, a 50 level of energy to all of a sudden love. People in ecstasy. Who wouldn't want to go from 30 to, uh, I don't know, 540 in one minute? But guess what? Who wouldn't? How could you tell them not to take it? You're feeling shame, and next thing, two minutes later, you're on top of the world. What is happening? How did that person get to love? You know what drugs do? Is they block the ego. They block the ego. That's why people are obsessed with them. But guess what? <laughs> After easy come, easy go. You didn't earn it. The whole point of therapy is going back to that place of love where you don't need anything because you're already there. So with fixing an addiction, with shame, it's not going to happen. And this is why we have to do so much teshuva because we're always climbing up to higher levels of energy. And then when you can climb up to higher levels of energy, everything changes in your life. So if you want, I can take some questions on these concepts. We're good? Good, Thank you.
Happy Rosh Chodesh, guys. We have an amazing, amazing event tonight. Today is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Anything can happen today. A Persian can marry a Moroccan tonight. Everything's possible tonight. Miracles. This is the day. This is, this is, this today represents. First, I want to thank my wife for allowing me to do these classes. I want to Lunishmai Yerachmil Diana Magdalia. And today's also the, the birthday of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. So it's, we have, we have all, everything's lined up tonight. Everything's lined up tonight. So let's try to sober up a little bit. Let's try to sober up a little bit. Let's get into real. Let's get into, let it get into some consciousness. So t today represents Rosh Chodesh Nisan. This is all about, we spoke about yesterday about Rosh Chodesh, about the concept of renewal, beginnings, new beginnings. What this allows us to do is allows us to have a brand new attitude. We come to these events, sometimes a person can you know, go to these events, he's single three, four years, five years, and he can get a little knocked down. His spirit could be knocked down. But we always have the ability to renew ourselves. So it's extremely important that you should walk in here like it's the first time you walked in here. Walk, every single time you go on a date, it's the first time. That's what Nissan does. So this month, the, it, what happens is this month, the limitations are gone. So you have a little bit more clarity. If you know the one thing I want to get you guys into is clarity. Because if you're confused, you're not getting married. Nobody's getting married when they're confused. They're getting married when they're clear. So this month, we actually have energy from above, even if we don't do anything, to get a little bit more clarity. So when you're in a peak state, that's the day you want to take some action in life. So remember, Nissan, take advantage of these days. It's 30 days of Nissan. Take advantage of liberation. This exactly is the time that the Jews left Egypt. Egypt represents our limitations. When we're leaving Egypt, we have to visualize ourselves breaking these walls of limitations that we have. I'm sure we've all dated, and you know, the problem is not the people usually. It's the fear, it's the walls, it's the excuses. It's a very good-looking crowd here. LA is a wonderful place. I love LA, but obviously there's no transactions happening. So we really need some transactions. We have a busy mall, but no shopping bags. You understand? That's how you go out of business. You get me? So we want to have transactions. So this is what really, I'm really into the transactions. Okay, how do we bring it home? How do we bring it home? What do we need to do to get that extra clarity? And at the end of the day, Rab Nachman said it very clearly. He says the biggest segula, the biggest remedy for marriage is to listen to dot. Is to listen to dot. Listen to a class on this. So this itself, even if you're half drunk, you're still getting a segula automatically just by being in the room. So already that's a, a positive sign. So remember, dot is the maker of all matches. We're going to talk about a, a bunch of topics today. But today is the day, like I said before yesterday, is the day we go from one day to day one. We'll talk about the 40-day challenge. We'll talk about prayer. We'll talk about a little bit about everything. But you have to make one day, day one. This is the day where you say day one. My, your life is going to change on decisions. One little decision will change your whole life. And that decision will give you momentum. 
And through momentum, very simple. When people have momentum, they feel good about themselves. And then when they feel good about themselves, they take further action. Remember, we don't take action if we don't feel good about ourselves. So today, even if you make a small step, a small commitment, a small commitment, I'm going to start five minutes of gratitude. I'm going to start five minutes of Shabbat. I'm a candle, something. You have to create one day to day one. If day one never happens, nothing will happen. So just think about practically what you could do. And again, we don't want to force people into things. I, I, I hate selling things to people. All I'm trying to explain to you is when you're more spiritual, you're going to have more clarity and you're going to be satisfied with less, which will lead you to a happier marriage and a happier life. But when we're not spiritual, our net worth is our self-worth. Period. So if we, if our net worth is our self-worth, then what else, what else can you do? Let's say you, got, you didn't make enough money or you got stuck in the wrong, that's your life. So spirituality allows you to think greater than the current circumstances. This is exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about today the concept of what the role is for the man and what the role is for the woman. And when sexual behavior is done properly, it becomes one of the greatest ways to eliminate your wife. But when it's done improperly, it becomes the biggest source of destruction. You understand? Like anything else in life, when, and when it's done properly, it's great. It elevates. Kids come out. Happy wife, happy life. But when, when, it's, when the intention in life is just to get, not to give, then everything else just becomes a disaster. And what happens is, in life, when we pick up residual damage, that causes klipot, which in Hebrew means confusion. So when you're confused, you're not going to make decisions. You're going to always think you can get better. You're always going to think, you're just going to be in your head all day long. And that's really, really what we want to get you, get you guys a little bit of clarity. Today also begins the month where God's name is Yudke Vavke. Everything flows. Flows. It's a, it's a month of flowing. Next month is a whole different story. So when you have a chance, just like today, you know, you get a, you see today, a little sun. The guy got a little sun, everybody's walking. The dog, and then the sun's gone. We have to take advantage, even today. L.A., I would never think that I would be in London weather. But even a little sun, people were happy. A little sun, 20 minutes of a little sun. Before, you're used to the sun all day. So you don't take it for granted, you take it for granted. But right now, if the sun would shine right now for three hours, everybody in L.A. would be praising God. <laughs> because what happens is you became accustomed to good weather. So when it's taken away from you, you start appreciating what you have. You start appreciating what we have. We don't move to L.A. for governors. We move to, for the weather, obviously. <laughs> obviously, or for the taxes or for everything else. You're moving for the weather. So I want to start the class by giving you a little, a little story about Nadav and Avihu who actually passed away on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And what was, the, what was their issue? They were the single guys of the generation. Okay? What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life according to Rabnachman? 
The purpose of life is to turn, not to sit there and avoid sorrow in life, but to take sorrow and bring it to happiness. You understand? It's not enough today to say, you know what? I want to be happy. I'm just going to push away all my problems, and I'm going to find a way to be happy. I'm going to avoid all my problems, and I'm going to be happy. That's not what the law is. That's not what we're supposed to do. The biggest happiness, Rabbi Nachman tells us, is when we turn the sorrow into happiness. The problem into the solution. Every problem has a solution. It's in the solution itself. The problem in the solution, it's all one. So he, he's saying here, Rabbi Nachman, something unbelievable. He says, incense in marriage, the whole concept of incense in marriage is turning sorrow into joy. What in the world is the man's purpose and what is the world is the female's purpose in this thing? So Rabbi Nachman tells us that once we have happiness automatically, just like you can't think of two negative thoughts at the same time, a person can only have one thought at the same time, he can either, if you're thinking positively, you cannot think negatively. It's impossible to think of two things at, one, at the same time. Even if you have ADHD, whatever you got, it's not possible to focus on two things at the same time. So Rav Nachman says when a person is happy, automatically gloom and, 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 and depression go away. So whatever I focus on in my life expands. For example, I gave you guys yesterday, the more you thank God, the, the less you need to think about it. Thanking pushes away thinking. But thinking too much doesn't allow you to think. So you can either thank or you can think. But you can't do both. So Reb Nachman is telling you here that the greatest joy is when you take sorrow and bring it into simcha. So what is the role of the man? The, man, the woman itself is connected to the feminine side of the malchus, which represents the, the left side. The left side is known to be gevura. Gevura in Kabbalah means justice din. Anytime we're talking about the concept of din, there's a concept of of more judgment and sadness. Women in generally, again, I don't want to create, I'm just reading the book. Don't, don't send me emails because I won't even read them. I don't want these emails, leftist emails. Again, I'm just reading the book. Read, just read between the lines. So women in general, they need to be lifted up. They're the concept of the moon. And men are the concept of the sun. Okay? Let's keep it super simple. Women are connected more to sadness, so they need more validation. They need more honor. This drives the shopping markets. You know, when, you, when a person buys an address, they get a compliment. It gives them honor. It's normal. It's perfectly normal. But the man's job in life is to give them that honor, to lift the shechina off the ground, to lift his wife off the ground. Okay? And one way you can do that is by having sexual relations Happy wife, happy life. Why? Because a man is commanded to make his wife happy in that department. Okay? So if he makes his wife happy in that department and there's, there's Kedusha, then she's happy, period. But if the relations are used the improper way, nobody's happy. <laughs> the wife is not happy, he's not happy, and it's a disaster. Do you understand why we're talking about so much about this issue? Because the whole role of, the, of, of being a giver 
is that I'm supposed to be as a husband being able to have fulfill my wife's needs through that act of sexuality. If it's done proper, it serves its purpose, the wife is happy, and that is the goal. So you see today where people go into relationships, what are they going to get out of it instead of bonding? When you bond, you fulfill the you become the giver. She becomes the taker, and you get the reflected light. But when the guy is going in there just to give, just to get, he's not fulfilling because there's no receiver. So anytime there's no receiver, it's just like me taking a football, throwing it here, and there's nobody there. So what happens? The ball goes to the other side. The ball goes nowhere. And that ball becomes an entity to, that I created. So a lot of problems in relationships come to this issue that there's no real, the intention is only to get not to give, okay? And this is where this month, Nadav and Avihu were Aaron's sons. They passed away today because, you know what they said? If we get married, well, I'm going to have to deal with my wife. I'm going to have to give her compliments. I'm going to have to, help when she's upset, I'm going to validate her. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to have to help her with the kids. I'm going to have to do this. And all of this stuff is a burden to me. So you know what? I don't want to get married. I just want to be single I want to do what I want. And guess what? The Torah says, because of that, you don't want to go down to the level. You don't want to help her. You're going to die. You're going to die. Do you understand? Because you're not fulfilling your role. Your role as a man is to go lift the wife up. That is your role. So this is why we can't criticize. We can't comment. Our relationship is with God. And this is why you see the book, The Garden of Peace. It's only for men, by the way. It's only for men, not for women. Don't use it as uh, Exhibit A. Uh, Rabbi Rush said Exhibit A. You have to do this. This is not to meant to be used at a trial. But I just want you to understand the role of the man. The man is more connected to simcha, and the woman is more connected to sadness. And the man has to come in, and he has to become the light, and he has to give her the sad. He has to lift her up. And this is why, again, God made man to have the mitzvah of getting married. Woman, according to the Arizal, has no mitzvah to get married. She has no mitzvah to have kids. The, 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 uh, the job is she comes into this world only for him. She comes into this world only for him. Again, don't use this to say, I'm here for you. What are you doing with your life? Again, we don't want to use this as arrogance, but we want to get the big... It's very important to get the big picture in life. Because if you don't get the big picture, you, you, you get stuck on the details. So this is why we have to understand the role of the man. If he does his job, he's the one looking for her. She's not looking for him. So today, you have a, the cycle's over. The women are looking for the guy. The guy's looking for the wrong girls. And again... We, guys cannot marry a wife, a trophy wife. You have to marry a wife that's going to get you the trophy in life. If you're just looking for trophy wives, it's not good. Can this woman get me to the trophy? That is your role. To marry the guy's role is to marry the wife to get him to, to actualize his potential in his life. Extremely important. So when he's getting rejected, it's really God rejecting him. God's rejecting him through the woman. You understand? This is what this book talks about. 
This is very tough stuff to swallow, okay? It's very tough. Um, don't worry, I'm going to give it to the girls also. But the guys, the, ma the main role, if you understand that why God made it just like that, that the and this is why our sages tell us that Parnassa doesn't come from the husband. Where does Parnassa come from? It comes from the wife. Why would they do that? Because you got to get paid for all this work, right? You got to get paid. That's going to be for free. But the, the Parnassa comes because he humbled himself, he gave her the light, and guess what? He gets the light right back. So you have to understand, if you're a guy and you're coming as a receiver, you're in the wrong role already. You're in the wrong role. Already, everything's going to be a disaster. Because you, you, you're coming in as a moon. You're not coming as a sun. And the moon reflects what it gets. So this is why it's important for the men to become spiritual and to become connected to the Torah so they can have something to give. Because if they have nothing to give, they're just getting a reflection of exactly what he has through his wife. So this is a, it's extremely important to understand that. And once you do your job, then financially you're, su more, you're more successful. The mazal picks up. Because remember, it comes from her wife. So the mazal picks up. So this is where we have a cross-gender issue today. Maybe this is why women want to become men. Who knows? Who knows what's going on today? But at the end of the day, you need to understand your role. We, if we don't understand who's the quarterback and who's the receiver, we can't even go to round two. Now, let me ask you a question. The guy's got, he's smoking marijuana, he's not working, he's uh, no self-esteem, and he's showing up to a date, and the girl's going to, what is the girl going to say? I'm going to have kids with this schmuck? I'm going to have kids with this guy? He can't even stop smoking? He can't put the porn away? I'm going to have kids with this guy? So she, of course, she's going to reject you. Do you understand? Of course she has to reject you, because she senses, remember, men are chokhmah, Women are feelings. They have intuition. So you have to understand these concepts. Don't hate the players and don't blame the game either. This is why at the end of the day, if you do your role, and we know this from Abraham, he attracted this wife for Yitzhak. It, was, it came to him. If she follows me or not, that's why the Gemara tells you, She's going to either help you or go against you. Why, what do you mean, go against you? Either she's going to help you or go against you. Okay? So that's extremely important that blaming is the number one way to stay in a problem. I'm just telling, guys, I'm telling you the rules just so you understand the big picture. So when you're having relations and you're hooking up, you are not being a giver. You are just getting. So anytime you're getting... There's no beneficial thing out of it because you just become a taker. You don't become a giver. And that itself causes all kinds of problems. And that, if that is your intention at all times, then that becomes, there's, there's, no, there's no mazal, there's no bracha, nothing lasts. And if you look at marriage, it's very simple. They'll tell you the same thing. He's a taker. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to do this. And, and this is where, according to the Arizal, that is our mission. That is our missions to become the son, to become the giver, to grow, and etc. 
this is why, it's, again, it's very scary because if you have people, unfortunately, getting confused in life, then they don't commit. This is one aspect. There's also another aspect that we shouldn't get confused sometimes of the journey of going to finding a soulmate. Sometimes it's a very confusing thing. Rabbi Nachman said this 250 years ago. He said that each person, each, each man has many zivugim. Many. We think, I lost the zivug on the trip to Morocco. I'll never find her again. You're watching too much Arabian Nights or Aladdin. Okay. There's hope. <laughs> you have many zivugim. And guess what? It doesn't mean because you did what you did, you lost it. Everything can be found. It's not, there's, no, never, there's never a reason to despair. Whatever happened, you fix it, you rectify the problem. Exactly. Not only when you fix it, you rectify the problem, but whatever you did in the past becomes a mitzvah. Become, goes for the positive. So it's only, the only thing that's stopping you from changing is your attitude. Because if I say today, if I come back with joy and I said, you know what, I didn't know this was causing me this, I didn't know I was this way, and tomorrow I say, you know what, I'm ready for a comeback, my creator will open the door for me, and the past will become, not only, it won't go against me, but it will go for me. So there's no, even that's not an excuse. So extremely important to understand that. If you made a mistake, all you got to do is fix the same thing you did. It's that, don't, don't create more of an illusion than that. Sometimes we say, well, how can I start now? I did this. That's in your head. It's not reality. Reality is the door is open. The door is open. And not only is it open, but wherever you want to go, they will lead you to. This is extreme. This is why we need the message of Hasidut, of Chabad, of Breslov, because there's a lot of warmth. There's no, oh, you're going to go to hell if you do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. No, no. It's ex oh, everything is warmth. Everything is warmth. So you come back with joy. We don't come back with fear. We come back with joy, and that joy doubles it up. It doubles up. The sins become merits, which is an amazing thing. So Reb Nachman said, he says that there are many, many zivugim. There are all kinds of levels of variation of zivugim. It says sometimes a person has to go through many dates. He has to go through many, even, even you should meet her, she should meet him. Even that itself could have been a zivug. Sometimes it could be that a person even got, he went through a divorce. Or sometimes it was an engagement that broke off. All of these things is because sometimes a person has to go through his life and, and pass through his seven zivugim. And the eighth will work out. So sometimes you say, how many days am I going to go on? How many times am I going to go on? Don't count. You could have been in a previous life. You had to go through seven people and meet the eighth person. So sometimes we think, well, if I'm not married by 33, why would I be married by 34? Again, that is all in your head. That is all in your head. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying here there's times where that you have to go through these dates and this process because those are part of Zivugim. But he says here, you have many zivugim. It's not like you lost the person. And guess what? Even if you don't marry your soulmate, if you, if the Arizal says that if you, if you work, meet somebody and you guys work together well, that person will get the spark of the original soulmate. 
So we, we have to stop watching these movies, these romance models. I lost a soulmate in, uh, when I was 24. You have to get rid of that nonsense in the head. Because all of this is the Yetzirah's trick to get you into despair. It's nonsense. Do you understand? It breaks, start dating again. Staying in the past doesn't do anything for anybody. Doesn't do anything for your creator. It's extremely important that it's sometimes in heaven destined that you should meet many zivugim, even if it's just a match. And it doesn't work out, there's a reason behind it. Even if you did nothing wrong and it broke off, there's a reason for that also. It's because you, you possibly had to go through many people in order to find the one. You understand? So don't get, don't, don't think because you haven't had success in this area, that doesn't mean that you'll never have success in this area. That is completely, completely in your head. It's extremely important to understand that. I gave a class in Miami, a singles class. We had a, we had a beautiful Shabbaton in Miami. John Goodman is a marriage therapist, and he was able to predict 91% chance of divorce. He says he could almost predict within a couple to see, there was a few attributes, that he, within 91% accuracy he was able to predict whether or not that couple would get divorced or not. And he said a lot of this came down to this concept called the 80-20 ratio. Okay? The bottom line is, can you find 80% good in you and 20% bad? Is your self-esteem greater? Is it, do you have more 80% more 80%? Can you find four positive things out of five in your life? Or you see one positive thing and four bad things. This is an extremely important message to understand. Because what's going to happen in life is we treat others and we view others based on how we view ourselves. Do you understand? Just like a parent cannot give love to a child if they have no love to give. You could never tell a parent, hey, play basketball with me if, God forbid, they're handicapped. Because they, they can't play. They have legs to play with basketball with you. So the same thing, people cannot give you love if they don't have it. So if they can't give you love, then what do you think it's going to look like? Criticism all day long. So it's extremely important to understand what he said is very true, which is exactly Rabbi Nachman's Lesson 282. Can I start looking into my life and finding 80% good in my life? Because like I said, like I said yesterday, when you find good in you, that means you, find, you found godly in you. You understand? If I find good in myself, that means I found the godliness in me. So guess what I do when I find godliness in me? I see godliness in you. Okay? But if I have 20% godliness in me, then I'm going to see 20% godliness in you. I'm going to see 80% of problems in, that you have because I have 80% problems. We don't see things the way they are, guys. We see, the way, we see things the way we are. Understand? We don't see the way things are. We see the way we are. 
you can see that clearly today, where you see situations politically, some sectors, they're very narrow-minded, they see everything through a victim mentality, even though you're in freaking America, for God's sake, it's a land of opportunity, you don't live in Nicaragua, for God's sake, you're in a victim mentality in, my, in, in America? <laughs> you can wake up early and you get a job? I mean, but people can believe that you're in a victim, this is a victim, victimized people. Is that true? No. But if you view life as a victim, you're going to see nothing but victimization. So the same thing, the same principle goes dating. If the whole purpose of marriage is appreciating versus resentment, if you cannot fix this when you're single, what do you think it's going to look like when you're married? It's going to be hell. Because all you're going to see is what? What's wrong with them? And there's a very simple process in life. And this is the problem with women. Okay? Because we said women are connected more to the sadness. So usually, instead of owning the issue, who's the cause of my problems? It's got to be my husband. <laughs> it's got to be my husband. It's got to be the guy I'm dating. So they have more of a yetsahara to blame other people because their problem is speech. Guy's problem is eyes. Woman's problem is speech. That's the tikkun. Tell a guy in L.A. to stop looking at women, it's a miracle. He'll be the Baba Sali tomorrow. <laughs> Tell a woman to stop talking Lashon Hara, miracle! <laughs> Tell a woman, you know what? Say nice thing, nine nice things about all your Persian friends. <laughs> what? A miracle. <laughs> It'll be a miracle. Imagine a Persian mother saying nine, nine things about her Persian friends. A miracle. It would be a miracle. It would be, well, how could that possibly be? <laughs> because the Yetzirah is, I need to put you down so I feel good about myself. And that's the problem. This is why we have such problems in life today. Because people have to put each other down so they can feel good about themselves. Instead of building a bigger building, no, I want, to build, I, I want your building to be knocked down so at least I feel good about myself. But we have these issues. There was a study of why usually men get out, leave relationships and why do they stop working? Why do they stop putting the effort in? Okay? Gary Newman said it best. And if you go to a game, right, for example, you've gone to Laker games, I'm sure, and you see there's no chance to win. They're down by, <laughs> down by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Everybody's walking out of the game. Right? It's a common thing, right? What happens? If a man believes that he has no chance to win, he's going to stop trying. You understand? He will stop trying. He will not work. <laughs> he will not work anymore. Because if he knows no matter what he does, he can't make you happy, then you know what he's going to do? He's going to stop trying. Because if he does good, you're going to criticize it. And if he doesn't do good, you're going to criticize it. So why even try? Why even try? So if you cannot start appreciating today, and it's so easy to get guys to do things for you. It's so easy. Guys are so simple. All you have to do is compliment them and tell them, I can't, I'm so grateful for what you did for me. And what do you think a guy wants to do his whole life? He wants to score. Not that way. <laughs> Not that way. He wants to get the compliment again. So he, you know what he's going to do? He's going to go out of his way to do a nicer thing for you 
because you complimented on the first thing. Do you understand? It's so easy. You can get the guy to do the exact same thing. All you have to do is change your language. And he will do it for you. But when you come down and you criticize and you're the IRS and you're auditing him, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. Oh, forget it. I don't want to be audited. I'd rather not do it. So women have an issue with appreciation. So if they come in there, they don't feel good about themselves, and they're going to go and, and throw, throw the guy. It's the guy's fault for every single problem. Then what do you think the guy's going to do? Check out. I can't win anyway. Why would I try? So this is where your struggle is simcha. Your struggle is appreciation. And if you don't have that appreciation, the guy stops trying. And the guy checks out. And he checks out somewhere else. Who knows who he checks out to? Whoever gives him attention. Whoever gives him a kind word. And then you have a bad marriage. And then you have a bad situation. And that's your struggle. And you need to understand that. So if you don't practice appreciation right now, what do you think you're going to get? Nobody wants to marry the IRS. Do you understand? Nobody wants to marry the IRS. Nobody wants to get audited every minute. Nobody wants to. Who would want that? But this is the way, if you don't feel good about yourself, this is how you take your anger on. It, again, that's your challenge. Man's challenge is a complete different problem. They have their own problems. So this is where we get to the point, well, he's not good enough for me. I can get better. He's not good enough for me. He's not good enough for me. And then what happens? Oh, I, I, I guess nobody's good enough for you. And this is where arrogance takes over. And we have to be careful to remember we are there to help them. They're there to be helped. Of course, they have to have the potential. They have to have the light. But you're there to help them. You're, you're, you're the contraction to bring the light. But you can't be, again, just criticizing without. Everything in life comes down to two concepts. The right hand and the left hand. Kindness and, 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 and discipline. If you have too much of this, you have enabling. If you have too much of this, you have too you're too strict and you're too tough. It's about the combination of both. That is called dot. When you have the right and the left. So when you appreciate things, what happens? Things appreciate for you. And then, who's not going to want to marry a happy wife? Who's not going to marry a happy wife? But if you're saying nothing is good, I need to be here, I need to be here, I need to this, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. It's the bottom line. So, but we get things, if we, we, when we come to this world, we have to recognize we are guests in this world, and whatever we get is a gift. But if you come in there saying, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, you're putting yourself in a position to lose. And I, I promise you, all the blessings come to people after marriage, not before marriage. After marriage. After marriage, shalom is the biggest vehicle for peace. If you ask people, the blessings come afterwards, not before. So when people work well, and they work well together, and they, and they work on themselves, the soul goes up, and it illuminates, and it brings blessings. This is why, again, Parnassah comes from the wife, not the girlfriend. 
We need to start converting, but we also have to meet people that are happy because if she doesn't see anything, happiness in nothing, then I'm just going to be in a bad relationship. So you have to ask yourself. And the only reason why you're doing that yourself is because, again, you, there's, we only treat people bad, or we only are, are unappreciative if we are not happy with ourselves. And that's, not, that's something that you can't fix. Other people can't fix this for you. You have to see the good points in yourself to be able to see the good points in others. And this is why it's so important to be able, whether if you've gone through a bad relationship, whether if you've gone through failure, it's important to forgive yourself, let it go, and, and, and give yourself mercy. Have self-compassion for yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Perfectionists only end up in prison. You think, when's the last time you saw a perfectionist with a smile? Show me one perfectionist that you saw that has a smile on their face. They can't because nothing's going to be, not everything's perfect. And this is why you have to get out of this perfectionist and you have to get into the good enoughest. It's good enough. It's good enough. Perfection, zero. Good enough. Is this good? Good enough. And this is the classic teaching of Rabbi Nachman of finding the good because finding the good is finding the godly. Finding the good is finding the godly. So when you find godly, you have the shechina in your life, in your relationship. What do you think that looks like? It's called peace. But when we just focus on, when we don't know how to deal with ourselves, and we always blame others for our own problems, what do you think you see? You only see the negative in you. All you're doing is feeding the ego. So ask yourself today, if you're looking for the one, are you spending 80% of the time becoming the one? That means you have to focus on your self-esteem, find all the good points in yourself, smile, be happy, be perfectly imperfect, and just take the edge off. And if you do that, that person will see that they're not being judged because there's a lot of judgment on dates. Do you understand? There's a lot of judgment, right? You're, for, you're good, you're bad. You're not good, you're this. You're good, you're bad. You guys are judges? You're not judges. You're there to understand. You're there to lift, not to be. That's extremely important. Judgmental is done when, you're, when, you have, when your life is run with fear. And what happens when we run with our ego? All we're focusing on is how am I going to look? Not what is good. The ego runs the show. It's all about how is the external experience. What are my friends going to think about if I date this girl? What is my mother going to think about if I date this girl? What, what, is, what is the outside world thinking? Not what is good for me. What is good for me is to be in a relationship where I'm challenged, I'm growth. Not what looks good on a picture. Because <laughs> that's not going to last at the end of the day. We know that. So we're just giving the ego just its, its juice. So how do you break these walls in life? How do you break these walls? How do you start loving yourself? It's called prayer. It's called loving yourself. Investing time in yourself. Self-care. Investing yourself. Taking care of yourself. Talking good to yourself. That is the purpose. Illuminate the soul. Not sit there and butcher yourself. I'm not making enough money. I'm not making this. So you're rejecting yourself 
And then you're wondering, why am I getting rejected by other people? Explain to me that one. Explain to me that one. If you reject yourself, the whole world will reject you. If you accept yourself, the whole world will accept you. It's that easy. It's just this, it's, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in this whole world, and we're trying to put up certain walls and certain pictures, and this is all leading us to zero. All you're getting is single people. That's right. That's <laughs> all you're getting. More single people. More single people. More walls. More ego. <laughs> they, guys, they don't have this problem in Sfat. <laughs> they don't have this problem in Sfat, guys. They don't have this problem in Brag. They don't have this problem. It's in Miami, L.A., New York. Where is this problem, guys? It's not in Sfat. I can't have this class in Sfat. I'd be out of business. I have nothing to talk about. I'd be all, everybody's married with 100 kids. Imagine having this class in Sfat. What a joke would it be? What are you talking about? We know this already. We're connected. Life made us disconnected. I'm just telling you from experience, this is what you have to work on. Because when you show up with 80% positivity in yourself, automatically, automatically, then you have something to give. But if you're going to, if you're showing up, two people are dating, imagine two people show up to a therapist, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I do like this. So he already predicted 91% divorce. 91% divorce. So this is why you have to understand, this is the training for divorce, God forbid. I've been divorced. I got remarried. I learned. And it's the most important part in your life is appreciation. If you don't have that, because you can't appreciate, but you, could, you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't open up, you can't do that. That's why it's so important. You have to physically open up. So ask yourself, what is the number that you guys have tonight? What percentage of self-love do you have? Ask yourself. Ask yourself what percentage of self-love, how much judgment versus understanding do you have? Are you more of an understand? Or do you understand more or do you judge more? When you go on a date, are you shooting up red flags in five seconds? You're shooting up five right away, five red flags? That means you have a lot of judgment. You're living in the world. You're living in a world of din. You're living in the world of justice, of din. Din brings nothing. Or are you saying, you know what? I saw this in the guy. I saw this in the guy. I saw this in the guy. This could use a little work. But I found four good things in him. One thing is not so good. I can work with it. That is just a matter of focus. It's just a matter of focus because you're going to have to do this in marriage. I'll save you tons of money in marriage therapy. I'll save tons of money. But remember, we cannot give what we don't have. We cannot give what we don't have. The reason why you can't stay in the past is because if you stay in the past, what do you have to give? All you're going to do is blame the new guy for what the old guy did. How many times has the new guy taken a hit for what the old guy did? How many times? How many times did the old girl get take a hit for what the guy did? How many times? What did that, what did that person, that person just showed up. But when you have, when you go to the airport and you pick up other people's luggage that's not yours and you come and bring it to a new relationship, that's called baggage. 
this baggage doesn't allow you to receive. And the way to deal with baggage is prayer. And most of us have tons of baggage. If you are not dedicating a certain time every single day to talk to your creator, you're just accumulating baggage after baggage after baggage. One bad relationships, another one, another one, another one. It's just all baggage. So you have to take these relationships and you have to elevate them and get rid of the baggage and show up. I promise you it's not, there's many attractive people here. There's a lot of dates happening. It's not like nobody's going to the supermarket, nobody's going to the mall. But nobody's committing. Why? Because there's confusion. It's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of confusion. That's the problem. This is why Rabbi Rush says you can marry the worst person and you can have the best marriage. You can marry the worst, you can marry the best person and you can have the worst marriage. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue. Maybe you didn't know that. But whatever you're going to marry, I, 99% they're going to change. You you're going to buy a Tesla, it's going to end up being a G-Wagon. You're going to say, what the hell is this? I bought this. You think it's just automatically used what you get? You think it's automatically just because the guy you met the first day is going to be the same? Never. I didn't know this was going to be this. The whole purpose is if you're flexible, then you can constantly grow. But I guarantee you, who you marry will not be the same person. So if you're so guaranteed to be sure about the person right away, it's got to be the perfect one, he's going to change anyway. And you're going to change anyway. So you're being so sure about something that's going to end up changing. Do you understand? This is why I got married in 60 days, because I knew this is going to happen. And, if you, it, it, and you're going to learn on the way. Either way, you're going to learn on the way. It's not like, okay, I did it, I'm done. No, no, no. That's, second, that's the second stage. And I was very realistic to recognize they're going to change anyway, but if I, have, if I fix my relationship with my creator, I can deal with it. But if I don't have my relationship with my creator, that's where life takes a hit. So let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about a little bit about, so we spoke about the 80 to 20 rule, right? We spoke about, we have to work on tonight, eight points, 80% of your self-esteem has to go up. 80% of your self-esteem. How do you work on your self-esteem? You invest in yourself. You take care of yourself. You put yourself in the best position. Get in the best shape in life. Put your, whatever you got to do, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself, not in the, remember, the reason why we can't find the one is because we're too busy finding the one, not becoming the one. We need to spend more time becoming the one, not finding the one. Because your creator already knows, okay, so you're going to meet that person, it's not going to work out because you're not going to like this, you're not going to like, you're not going to like that. Just think about what we spoke about yesterday, the red flags, right? From the soccer moms. I don't like this. I don't like this. Red flag, red flag. But you guys, four or five good things. No, this is no good. 20% no good, no good. Go find me a, per a perfect per person in L.A. Go find me one perfect person in L.A. Does it exist? Impossible. It doesn't exist. 
So you have to work on this tonight. You have to work on, and it's extremely important. We want to tell, there's a, there's a concept in life is I can look at a telescope. See, here right now, we're all looking at the telescope. There's a big telescope in the room, and we're, we're, we're looking at the wedding, right? But then I need to look at the microscope afterwards. If I just stay in the telescope, I'm not going to get anything in life. Because that's just a telescope. That's a goal. That's a vision. Then I need to make a decision. I need to look at the microscope to see what's happening, what is happening to get to the telescope. That means if you're going to visualize things, don't visualize La La Land getting married in Santa Monica. Visualize yourself doing the work to get you to get married. <laughs> don't visualize the goal. Visualize the work. Visualize the guys doing every day, fixing this, being self-compassionate, being more kind, being more gra gra grateful. Visualize the day work. Don't visualize the, the telescope. You're in a telescope all day long, but you have to look at the microscope. So when we focus too much on the telescope, we, this telescope is wonderful, but how do we get to that goal? So that's where you have to work on this month in life. Whatever failure you had, either I won or I learned. Failures do not make you, if any time you have a failure that you lose your self-esteem because of the failure, then you're over-criticizing yourself. You got divorce, or you got a master's in communication. You got a lesson in marriage. You're more humbled. Divorced people are more humbled, usually. They got humbled up. Life hit them hard. They humbled up. They know what's good. They know what's not good. Doesn't mean they're bad people. They have more experience than you do. So you need to work on taking the failures, elevate them, and saying, I didn't, this doesn't make me worse. It makes me better because I, either you win or you learn in life. So you need to, you learned. And that's extremely important because the reason why we have this 80% of negativity is because we're too hard on ourselves and, we, and the failures you're taking it personally. And if you took the failures and you elevated them, then you would be easily, you'd be vulnerable, you'd be able to, 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 to compliment and to be grateful and to, and to not be afraid that you're not going to get it back. This is where it's happening today. We're lacking vulnerability because we're too afraid that we're not going to get back. It's extremely important. Self-love. The Persian community needs a lot of love. A lot of love. Self-love because if you have it, you give it. But if you don't have it, how could you give it? You can't give it. And then what happens? That person is going to say, well, I'm not going to get married to this. And this is where if the man ha does his job, he compliments, he gives her the light, and he gets the light right back. This is not easy. That means marriage is the most r rewarding and challenging thing you have to deal with in life. We underestimate how much work it has to be done, but you get the most reward, but it is the greatest challenge in the world. It is the greatest challenge in the world. But you at least have to understand what your role is. Another concept I would just want to talk about with guys is what is a klipa, okay? A klipa is when, you, when a person, just like, I, for example, if I have a guy sitting here and all of a sudden there's nobody there and I throw the ball there. 
all of a sudden it's a miscatch. It's a miss. Any time that a person uses the sexual organ, instead of being a giver, like I just gave you the example, he just does it for selfishness in order to avoid, because remember, if the whole point of having relations is for you to make her happy, it's not for you to get rid of your unhappiness. It's not, a, it's not to be used because a seed has potential for children. But if the seed is used to get rid of your frustrations, then it becomes a klipa. And what a klipa is, is a husk that attaches on a person and it does three things. Klipas make you very depressed. It's called a storm wind. It makes you very, very depressed. It makes you very agitated, and it gives you brain fog. Now, let me ask you a question. If you have a guy who has sadness, brain fog, what are the chances that he's going to commit to get married? Zero! <laughs> Zero. Do you understand? Why would he? He isn't a vision. He isn't a clarity. So for men, there's tikkun in the room. Saying the tikkun and stopping spilling the seed, I go, it's not an easy thing. But we don't need more confusion. Marriage is already confusing enough. You don't need to add to the problem. So when we show up with all of this negativity and all this, there's no possible way, even if we had a soulmate, we would even know if she was a soulmate. Do you understand? It's almost like taking a guy who's super overweight and giving him a menu of 30 things. And you tell him, can you just make a decision? He has an eating addiction. You're going to show him 30 things on the menu? It's going to be forever. But if he knows, this is why good restaurants don't have 50 things on the menu. They have four things on the menu. Five things. This is all you get. If you don't like this, it's not the restaurant for you. you know, every kosher restaurant puts sushi on the menu. You understand? <laughs> Mexican sushi. Pete uh, sushi. What's up with sushi lately? It's not, it's, not me, it's not good to have too much on the menu. That means the food is diluted. They don't specialize in anything. Too many things is a problem. Three things, four things. For example, you go to Herzog. There's no sushi on the menu in Herzog. In Tierra de Sur, it's a, it's a farm-to-table restaurant. The same thing. Less is more. So for men, they have to work on this issue because that's causing them the problem. That's causing them not to find the one. Also, what happens when a person has klipas? Number one, it confuses him. It destroys his self-confidence. It makes him sad. And then all of a sudden, what do you think it looks Is a person who's confident going to show up and say, can I take you out on a date? No. Why? Because he's going to fear he's going to get rejected. So this is like a vicious cycle that has to be fixed. And you, start, you could start by reading Tikkun Aklali. You could start by going to the mikvah. Anything spiritually gets rid of the klipot and puts them back into the place. This is why Rabbi Nachman write it. And this is how my life changed. My life changed when I started reading Rabbi Nachman's teachings. And once I had clarity, the rest is over. But if we don't have that clarity, it's very hard to make decisions. You understand? It's very hard because even if you have a perfect soulmate, that person would be blind to see who's the one. Without clarity, 
We have nothing. So this is what I, where I work on clarity. So this is today's class. We'll start taking some questions. Okay.